Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Joel Coleman of Sports Illustrated's Cowbell Corner, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for thunder and lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman. Woo. Here with you on a Friday morning. Thanks for starting your weekend with us here at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. We appreciate all of our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. We want to thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Joel, mm-hmm. you were just describing the uh, the process of which it takes for you to get to, to the studio here. It involves you know bundling up the little one and getting her off safe and then bringing her, bringing yourself here. You need you need some strange brew coffee, I think, and that's why I frequently partake yes. of, of the beverage, and we'll do so here in approximately an hour. We we'll say forty five minutes to an hour. Yeah. sounds about right. So, yeah, yeah, strange brew coffee house, Chard and spoon ice cream. They are the uh, proud sponsor of all working class parents. <laughs> Everybody, if you're a working class parent, you need coffee. If you don't have an au pair or a maid to handle that for you, coffee is your answer. Yeah. So. And I, I guess it's getting close to finals time for students, right, too? You know, I don't ever think about that stuff anymore because I'm not a uh, student. But you're right. I think you're correct. So, uh, I mean, also, the the official beverage of late-night stayer-uppers, whether it's That's studying. you, too. Yeah, that is me, too. That, 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 you're that weird combination of I don't get enough sleep, but I don't go to bed early either. Well, I, me and Katie have this conversation all the time. I will sacrifice the sleep. Mm-hmm. For the couple of hours of free time, I agree with that. I'm with you on that. So. Like, I, and Strange Brew Coffeehouse helps me helps you get do that power through and go. make up for the sleep that I don't get. There so. we go. All right, our good friends over at College Corner they want to get you decked out in maroon and white this baseball season. Next weekend in Super Bulldog Weekend, Mississippi State, Ole Miss. You want to show off the maroon and white p- proudly? College Corner is the place to do that. Two locations to serve you in the Jackson area. They're in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. They're in Flowood by the Half Shell. You can always shop online at College Corner Store When you're in Starkville next weekend for Super Bulldog, man, make sure that Humble Taco is on your to-do list. You've got to check out Starkville's newest and best Mexican restaurant, but it's so much more than just a Mexican restaurant. It's Mexican fare with Mississippi roots. Great local products up and down, one of the most unique menus in the city of Starkville. They've got something for everybody. And hey, before the game, after the game, if you just want to hang out on the patio, that's a great place to be. The Humble Humble Taco Patio, one of the biggest in the city. They've got plenty of margaritas on tap, ready for you to drink, cold beer, great wine list, and of course, fantastic food. Make sure you make a stop at Humble Taco. We've got a big show today. We are previewing Mississippi State Auburn, and then once that is done, we will transition into our passion project, and we'll give (laughs) WrestleMania a quick look. We will alert you that that is happening. When, When the ad break comes... When you hear me say move on over, we're moving on over to the squared circle. So be, be prepared for that. So for some of you, get excited. And for others, for others we'll see you next we'll week. See, we'll see you. you know, get, <laughs> enjoy the baseball preview. Let's get into it. Mississippi State, Auburn. I got a question. Auburn is 12-13 and 13 on the season. They are 1-8 and eight in conference play. They've been swept by Kentucky and Ole Miss. 
Took they did they they were in the series they were in the games much more so even than Mississippi State was against Arkansas but they did lose two out of three I mean you they were ahead in the two they lost I mean yes, you can make a yes. case they could have swept the they could series. have but they did so they're twelve and thirteen one and eight and yet I keep hearing people say oh, this is a good team they're a good team you know they are they a good team I I confess as we do this this pod I haven't quite done my usual all the way look at them yet but from what I gather. Starting pitching wise, they're pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. Um, offensively, I think they're. I mean, I, I think they're serviceable at least. Um, I think it's their bullpen that has really given them some issues. So, big picture, uh, you know, thirty thousand foot view here, mm-hmm. but it really seems like a, a weekend that you want your your lineup to have really good at bats. Uh, don't chase junk out of the zone from the starters try and get into that Auburn bullpen and and from there you got a you got a shot um and for Mississippi State if your pitching shows up it, again as we say every week on this program it's not like they're going to have to go out there and score 8 or 9 runs probably yeah you feel like you know if you if you score 4 or 5 that may be enough to win all three of them mm-hmm. you know if you if you score 4 or 5 runs a game yeah. so i mean that's that's modest expectations. I mean, I, and I think it's something that this lineup is, is capable of. So we'll see how it goes. But I mean, Auburn, like you said, going punch for punch for Arkansas. That that shows right there that this isn't some walk in the park. I, I know that I've heard and seen on message boards and things that well, you know, this is a weekend state might really need to sweep kind of thing. And I get that mindset, but that's going to be tough to do. <laughs> I'll just say that. When you look at this Auburn pitching staff, they've got three different guys who have three or more starts with an ERA of 4.87 or better. You know, you've been, you're right in that Cody Greenhill has been really good for them. 1.62 ERA in six starts. Uh, 24 strikeouts and 33 in the third. Pretty good. Uh, Mason Barnett's been pretty good. Got five starts. His ERA, 3.45. But again, that's not, that's not you know, out of this world. But then, you know, you look at... Um, Joseph Gonzalez, three starts on the year. He's at 4.87. Uh, Richard Fitz is at 7.64 with three starts on the year. And Trace Bright with five starts on the year is at 7.86. Brother of former Bulldog Trevor, right? And yeah. Richard Trevor's brother? I believe that's correct, but I, I'm, I'm not 100% sure. <laughs> uh, I think I'm like 99% sure, though, for what it's yeah, worth. Yeah, I think it. So, I mean, they've got some good quality arms, but they've got some guys who've struggled this year. And I, I do agree. I think that's sort of the case for everybody outside of Mississippi State. And maybe to a certain degree, Ole Miss. Ole Miss has some good bullpen arms, but if you get into the bullpen, you got a chance. You know, the problem is with the elite. I mean, with Rocker and Lighter, they're not going to the bullpen. They're going to throw 100 plus pitches, and they're they're going to carry you through. Whereas with Mississippi State, they have the ability to you know turn it over after 60, 70 pitches and still feel really good about the guy they have in there. Auburn is a team that is not going to feel good about the guys they have beyond their starters. From a hitting perspective, Auburn's a pretty solid team, hitting almost 300 as a team, 298. They've got some pop. Tyler Miller has nine home runs on the year. Ryan Bliss has seven. Ryan Bliss and Rankin Woley, I'm pretty sure, have been at Auburn the same amount of time as Bo Jackson. (laughs) I think they have been there since the 80s. Hal Baird may have coached those two guys at some point. Um, But they've got some, 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 some pop in the lineup, four guys over 300. Like I said, I mentioned that the, uh, that Stephen Williams is another one. My God, he's been at Auburn forever. I think he may have actually been one of the founding members of the university. That's how long he's been there. 
But, you know, and I like Butch, you know, obviously, you know, know him from his days at Mississippi State, but I, I don't like this team. And I'm not predicting a sweep. I think it's it's incredibly difficult to go on the road and get a sweep. But I, I'm not going to buy into the idea. I feel like anybody saying this team is good is just coach speaking to you, to be totally honest. I mean, I, relatively speaking, um, you know, maybe, maybe that's fair to say, but anytime you're dealing with typically SEC caliber talent, I mean, it, it ain't going to shock you no matter what happens here. Right. Um, we were right, by the way. Richard is Trevor's brother. Just to go back okay. there for just a second, but um, I, I look at this weekend, though. It, you're right. I don't think that Auburn, comparatively speaking, to everybody else in the SEC is is a great team. That said, you worry a little bit that sure, surely the guys don't go over to Auburn thinking. Oh, this is just Auburn, you know, right. kind of thing. That that's kind of. I, I don't think that happens with a veteran club with the Tanner Allens and the Rowdy Jordans of the of the world. I don't think you overlook I, anyone here, but yeah. I I do kind of think like you just did a little bit. There are there are some that are looking at this team like they're not really good, kind of thing. You just gotta, from a Mississippi State perspective, I guess as a fan, you know, you can think what you want. You gotta hope that nobody in that <laughs> maroon and white entourage headed headed east. Has that same mindset? I think it. I think it's unlikely for two reasons. One, like you mentioned, it's a veteran team. You know, Tanner Allen, Rowdy Jordan, Josh. Those guys have been there, and they, they know. But two, just two weeks off of getting swept yourself, you know full well you don't have a ton of wiggle room right now. But you also know that winning this series and sweeping this series would give you a little bit more wiggle room. I talked on Sports Talk Mississippi. A couple of Ole Miss fans were chiding me for saying this team could go 20-10. and 10. And I remember Richard asked me on the Monday after the sweep, could that still happen? And I said, yeah, it could. And he's like, well, got to go 18-6 and six the rest of the way. If you sweep this series, you got to go 12-6 and six the rest of the way. So you, and, and you've still got series with Missouri and Alabama. Alabama. And I feel like you could start adding Texas A&M to the possible sweeps kind of of, of, of – I put them in that column now. They're not very good, and they come to Starkville. So – I think that, I don't think that ment- mentality, and I don't think I don't think this team is going to overlook Auburn. And, and one thing I've said a, a thousand times about Chris Lamonis is, from a mindset standpoint, he 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 knows how to push the right buttons, and he he knows how to keep his team pretty much locked in. I rarely see a, a game with Mississippi State outside of that, that that the aberration that was the Texas Southern game, where I don't feel like State is there to play. Sometimes they just get beat, but I don't ever feel like they're not competing. Yeah, so I don't I don't really worry about that with the Lamona's coach team. Yeah, it, the thing to watch with Auburn though, really, I think, is that starting pitching mm-hmm. because in baseball, all you got to have is one good start to get a win. Yeah, I mean, and and you've seen one at the the opening night of SEC play back a couple weeks ago. Uh, that Friday night, Auburn lost one nothing, right? To, to Ole Miss that very first that game correct, of the year. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they have gotten gotten good starts all year long from these guys and. All it takes is one guy to have a really good night over there on the plains, and you're down a game, you know, in the, in the series. So that's why I think Auburn is dangerous. You know, the most dangerous teams to me aren't the ones that you look at and you look at their lineup and you see pop up and down. The most dangerous teams to me are the ones that can run two or three guys out there on a weekend, all of them pretty good or better SEC pitchers, because you know on any given weekend one or two of them could pop, and if they do, boom, you lost the series. You know, and and when you got a lineup like Mississippi State's, that let's just be honest here, ain't exactly setting the world on fire out there. 
Um, that can kind of make their job a little easier when you're facing a lineup that is struggling. You know, you got a, a Josh Hatcher in there that's, you know, not hitting so well. And, you know, credit to Lane Forsythe. He, he came in the, the lineup back several weeks ago, and I think he's done better than any of us thought he would with a bat. But he's not really known as a bat guy. Right. You know, and, I mean, Scotty DeBrule, if he starts at second, he hadn't done much. Do you think that – if we need to talk about that. Yeah, you, you, you opened the door there. The lineup is Scotty DeBrule going to be at second, or will that finally be Tanner Leggett? I think I think Tanner Leggett has done enough to earn that starting job. I mean, yeah, I'm kind of at the point where you ride him till he starts struggling, and maybe you let DeBrule get back in there. Um, right now, if you can, as long as you're playing good defense and you're hitting okay, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't think you mess with what mess with a good thing. Right, and that's what, and that you're getting that from Leggett. And he is hitting the ball better than Scotty DeBrule is. What about the big question? And that's going to be at first. You know what? What is going to happen this weekend with Josh Hatcher? Well, I don't know what's going to happen, but I think he's going to play, and I think, I think he's going to play all three games. games. Yeah. I mean, I, I I go back to what we said earlier in the week. Tell me a solution over there that your confidence is going to work. Because there's not one. I mean, anything you do is just kind of rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic a little bit. I mean, that, that's uh, an exaggeration, but Josh Hatcher, you just kind of got to trust that he's going to hit like he's hit before. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, I don't think you're at a point where you say, all right, Kellum Clark, you're the new starting first baseman for the number five team in the country. I, I mean, I'm not saying Kellum can't do that, but given his you know, sickness earlier in the in the month, or I guess actually last month at this point, and he hadn't got a ton of at-bats under his belt, and I don't know how much you trust that. You know, Brandon Pimentel hit a homer the other night, but I I just don't think that you're going to see anything different over there. I think you're going to see Josh Hatcher over there all three games, and um, State's just going to let it, let it ride a little while longer here. I mean, he got a hit the other night. I know it's just one hit, but some, Sometimes that's what he, you need. And, and I know he didn't get the day off, so to speak, because he played in the game, but mm-hmm. to start in left field and, and just kind of... To look at the game a little different. Yeah, just it was a different night for yeah, him. It's an idea. And, and just maybe it it kind of cleanses the palate a little bit and he can kind of start over this weekend. I, we'll see. Baseball's a funny game, man. Sometimes all it takes is a, a bloop single to get you going, and sometimes yeah. all it takes is, hey, a start in left field to make you see the game a little different, and then... For whatever reason, it just makes you a little more relaxed whenever you, you get back to where you were originally, and you got to hope that's what happens with Hatch. McLeod, Bedner, Fristo, obviously from Mississippi. I haven't seen the Auburn rotation yet, um, but obviously, I feel like in any, in almost any situation, I like State's rotation more than I like the other teams. The only exception that comes to mind is going to be Vanderbilt Vandy. when I like Rocker and Lighter better. Um, but it's that in that, that instance, though, it's closer than just about anybody else in the conference, I would imagine. Um, you know, and of course with Ole Miss with Hoagland and uh, and Nikhazy, you like them too, but not as much. I, I like McLeod and Bednar better. Um, who needs to come through at the plate this weekend for the Bulldogs? I mean, it feels like Rowdy Jordan is is the guy. You know, he's he's hitting the ball well right now. Auburn, Alabama native, obviously, but. You know he's he, he hits. You know he's going to be hitting first or second in the order. I guess it depends on how healthy Braylon Skinner is. Who you know who's going to be driving in runs this weekend? I mean, I really do believe if if Josh Hatcher ever turns it on, because I, I think that you have some consistency in the middle of the order with Tanner Allen, 
with Cameron James. With I mean, Logan Tanner, I don't think his batting average is that great, but when he comes to the plate, I feel like something might happen. I mean, you got Luke Hancock in the middle there. That 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 grouping in the middle, I feel okay about for Mississippi State. If you add it, if Josh Hatcher could get back to, you know, just hitting two seventy, <laughs> he could if he could uh, climb up a little bit and and start doing some things. Absolutely, this lineup looks completely different. Suddenly, you got Hatch down at the bottom of the order, um, driving the ball in the gap and over the wall a little bit. Because I mean, dude's got some pop. I think. When we predicted before the season, I think I may have predicted him to be the team's home run leader. Mm-hmm. You did, and he's got what one? I believe <laughs> maybe that's two. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I I feel like if he ever gets going, this entire lineup is different. Um, because with him not going, you get past Luke Hancock or maybe Logan Tanner in that order, and that. Seven, eight, nine slots. Again, I feel like I'm bashing on Forsyth here because he's done really well in the and nine leg, hole. And but, Leggett's, at and Leggett's done well, but when they come up to the plate, they're they're not guys who are driving and runs. You they're, don't. They're getting yeah. on base, but they're 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 waiting on somebody to you know. You're not you're not getting extra base hits for the most part out of those guys. You're getting quality at bats and you're getting singles and you're getting on base, but you're not getting run production, which is honestly from the bottom of the order. I mean that's. All you can really hope for is that they can come up and you know have your lead off your one two guys yeah. in a position to maybe drive and runs themselves. Yeah, and, and I almost said, which maybe it's probably unfair to those guys. I don't I don't mean it as a, a shot against them. I almost said they may be playing offensively over their heads a little bit. Maybe that's my own perception of them, in that I see those guys as glove first guys, both of them, um, both Leggett and and Forsyth, and. Uh, but that right now they're proving they're not. So maybe I'm just my perception may be off. It's maybe a me, it may be a Joel T problem, not a Tanner or a Forsyth problem. But my point is, when you get past Hancock and, and Tanner in that lineup, I don't know that anybody has a ton of confidence that the the lower third is going to get a ton of things going. And uh, if if Hatcher could keep, if he could get back to what we think he could be. And then, especially if, if Forsyth and, and Leggett are indeed more bat guys than than uh, I ever gave them credit for, and, and they keep hitting like they've been hitting, I mean, you've got the makings here of a lineup that is more than enough to make you dangerous, very dangerous. With the pitching that you have, yes, I agree. All right, let's uh, let's give me a, a playmaker then. Give me a guy at the plate and a guy at the, on the mound. I, I Rowdy is who I okay. is going to go for my play. I mean, he's. He's raised his bat and averaged 43 points over the last four games. He's going back to his hometown for, I guess, you know, the final time kind of deal. Um, if if he can keep on trucking, it, it makes you feel really good that the, the Tanner Allens and the, the Luke Hancocks of the world will be driving him home a lot. And and so I, if he keeps it up, I think that's that's very good news for Mississippi State. All right, and then on the mound? Um... <laughs> That Sunday with Jackson Fristo to me is key every week because I almost always feel like State's going to win at least one of the first two games. At just about every weekend, I'm going to be shocked if State again this season. I know they did against Arkansas. I'm going to be shocked if they go into a Sunday this year, zero and two, unless it's Vandy. I, right. <laughs> those two, right. those two arms kind of scare you a lot. But um, so I feel like I'll say Jackson Fristo because on that Sunday. I feel like Mississippi State's either looking to polish off that sweep that so many have already even called for a little bit, mm-hmm. or at the very least, it's 
it may be a one-one deal where you got to win that game. You know, you you can't. I hate to, I hate to use words like can't because I mean, if it happens, you got time a little bit right, to recover. Right. But it feels like you have to win this series. I, do, I think least. you do have to win. It, yeah. So you're either with Fristo start, you're either looking to polish off that sweep and. Man, you'd be eight and four in the conference. Yeah, you'd be shape. looking really good. In good shape. Or at the very least, you're trying to salvage a series. So I, I feel like Fristo's kind of the that start is is kind of the one to watch. Uh, I, th- I think for me at the plate, I want to see. You know, Braylon Skinner is still sort of living off that first week uh, as a starter when he was in at LSU, hitting that long home run, and then you know, he had the big play last week with the crazy slide or jump or whatever you want to call it. But I need you need more consistency out of him, especially now that Rowdy is. Hitting the ball, that's a guy that can score from first on on singles with the kind of speed he has. He's a guy who can, you know, put pressure on opposing defenses with the way he can steal bases. So he, I, I'd like to see him, you know, sort of settle in this weekend and become a little bit more consistent. Then on the mound, I think this is going to be the weekend where we see Landon Sims twice. I think we might have some close games. I, I, I could see him getting a little action in two games. Now they were they were prepared to do that last weekend, yeah. evidently. So I think this is going to be the weekend where we see Landon Sims uh, pitch more than one game uh, for the weekend. So so Sims and Skinner are my two. What's your prediction? I, I with Auburn starting pitching as good as it is, I, I just feel like State may falter in a game. But I I was tempted to just go ahead and say, you know what, I'm going to go with a lot of you guys. I'll say they sweep. I was tempted to do that, but I'm not. Uh, State will win the series. I think two games out of three. I, if you ask me which ones, I don't know. But I feel like State, at the very least, is getting two out of three this weekend. I agree. I think it's going to be two out of three. It's just difficult to predict a sweep. It really is. If this was at home, I might be willing to jump in the pool there. But on the road, it, anything could go wrong. So, yeah, two out of three, you'll be in fine shape. It's just about winning. It's about you need to win the series against Ole Miss, and then you need to get one at Vanderbilt. And then from there on out, it's kind of smooth sailing, you know. Your next, what are your next series after that? You still have South Carolina, Texas A and M, Missouri, and, yeah. and Alabama. Yeah, I mean, you feel like those are all winnable series, and you should be fine. And of course, you know, but after the, it's is it May tenth is the, uh, so you you've got this series, Ole Miss, Vandy, and is it is it is it Texas A and M? I think is the next one. I think that's right. Is the, yeah, this series, Ole Miss, uh-huh. Vandy. Vandy, and then a and yeah because yeah. you play a and I remember the other day when I was looking at what state had, like they play one game in April against a and m, and then like so it's like April thirtieth a and m, and then May first and second a and m. So, so we'll yeah. see, see where that takes us. All right, this is the time. If you don't <laughs> like wrestling? It's time to walk away. It's time to move on over to our WrestleMania preview, and that's brought to you by our good friends over at Welcome Home Beef. Joel, I, I think you need to go grab some lunch at Welcome Home Beef here on a Thursday. They've got waffle fries fried in beef fat. So these aren't just fried in canola oil. They're fried in delicious ca- melted cow. And then topped with pulled beef, nacho cheese, jalapenos, and barbecue sauce. Joel, that might be for you. I don't. You don't. You don't normally do a big lunch, but uh, no. this might be the day. I'm just saying. And man, if those are the kind of specials they've got all the time over at the Welcome Home Beef Food Truck, they'll be open all weekend and every weekend during baseball season. You definitely want to go check them out. And of course, while you're in there, why don't you walk in? I'll be at Welcome Home Beef tomorrow. I'm picking up a steak for the weekend. They've got so many great cuts of meat in there, 
And of course, if you're lucky enough to be one of the people whose uh, local grocery store is carrying Welcome Home Beef, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Welcome Home Beef, they are taking over the cow business here in Mississippi. I'm glad to be a part of it, and you can be too. Call them today at 662-268-8148 or visit them online at welcomehomebeef.com. Those waffle fries, I'll guarantee just taste good. All right. Two brothers, put them on the list of things you're going to be doing next weekend for Super Bulldog. You're definitely going to head over to Two Brothers. Check out one of Starkville's, one of the SEC's best restaurants for smoked meats. You just can't get them. The best smoked wings I've ever had. Fantastic tacos, nachos, burgers, and sandwiches. It's a menu that you just can't be beat. Great atmosphere, huge outdoor patio to enjoy some great weather. Always having a cold beer or, or one of their custom cocktails. It just can't be beat. Enjoy yourself when you're at Two Brothers. It's impossible not to. 621 University Drive, right there in the heart of the Cotton District. Southern Smoked Soul Food at Two Brothers Smoked Meats. Our good friends over at Vantage Business Systems are here for you. They're here for any business that needs help here in the state of Mississippi. They've been doing that for nearly 50 years. They are one of the best local businesses here in the Magnolia State. They've been taking care of their neighbors all of this time. You can't stay in business for that long and not be doing the right things by your customers. It's as simple as that. So, whatever your information technology needs are, they can help you out. Whatever you need to find out about distribution, copiers, printers, computer software, Advantage Business Systems has a solution for you. Call them today at 601-362-9192 or visit them online at absms.com. You see how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. A couple of things. This is easily the least into WrestleMania I've been in a long, long time. Me too. I have become a complete and total mark for AEW. It's really the only promotion I'm watching. I will tune in every now and then to watch WWE. But by and large, they have finally done it. They've run me off. That said, it is WrestleMania, which is sort of like the Super Bowl, right? Like, I, I don't care about the Buccaneers and the Chiefs. Could care less, but it's the Super Bowl, so I'm going to watch. Well, this is, I'll tell you the only reason that I'm excited for this year's WrestleMania okay. is because this is going to be the first time that you see a, a WWE show in front of a live audience in like 14 months. That is a, a very exciting, but it's also very risky because all of these angles they've built up, they've done so without any kind of crowd, and how will crowd the crowd react to, to what's presented to them? Oh, yeah, I mean, like... I mean, bad, I fully anticipate like Bad Bunny's going to come out, and they expect him to be this humongous face, and he's just going to get killed. Once again. Nobody cares about... Well, it's not only that nobody, nobody cares about but, Bad Bunny. It's that he takes away from why you're there. Yeah. I'm there to see great wrestling, and you're going to put this guy in a... Not that Damian Priest isn't a really good wrestler. Fun guy to watch. And The Miz and John Morrison, fantastic. But there, there's, there's, their talents could have been better used elsewhere than trying to carry this guy... To a you know seven minute match where he's gonna like do some finishing move that doesn't even look like it hurts, and it's gonna be over. So and we already know who's gonna win the match. Bad Bunny did not agree to do this so that he could lose. So I mean that's one that like there's no important predict predicting it. You already know how it's gonna go. This is a year where, well, and then let's look at the, the universal title match I guess first because that's you know where most of the focus is. You've got three huge stars in that match. And Reigns, who is right now, in my opinion, the best heel in the business. Uh, Edge, one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. 
Daniel Bryan, a guy who's his career is very interesting to try to quantify for me because he, you know, he was the hottest star in the world. Then he got hurt and he was away, and then he came back, and he's never quite gotten back to where he was at the pinnacle there when he when he first won the title at WrestleMania 30. And I don't think I don't think him winning here is an option. I feel like it has to be Edge or Reigns. So he might be the guy who takes the pin. If, especially if you want Edge to win, but you want to protect Roman, it makes total sense to have Edge beat pin Daniel Bryan. You and I agree. Though, oh, if Roman loses this match, he, ain't, he ain't getting pinned. You and I agree that the correct call here is to have Roman Reigns win this match. That's what I... The way I view this is what is the outcome here that continues to further on the Roman Reigns story the best? Because right now, that is SmackDown. The Roman Reigns head of the table mm-hmm. storyline, yeah. that is that is SmackDown. Mm-hmm. I, I'm trying to, in my brain, figure out, is there a route that that story gets better if he kind of gets hosed here and loses the belt by not getting pinned? Does that, is that carry them through the summer where, like if, if Brian emerges here as the face champion, mm-hmm. can he then, I mean, does that... That feels th- like he would lose it back the next pay-per-view, if not the next I mean, SmackDown. You've already had Roman versus Brian, I guess now a couple of times yeah. this year too. So I, I, they're not going to go that route, I don't think, no. for a third or fourth time. So I, I feel like the only two options here to win are Roman and Edge. Mm-hmm. Edge feels- is kind of a tweener, right? What is? Have you watched enough to even? Is, yeah. What is Edge right now? Is he a heel? Is he a face? I don't really know. He is even a know. face because of the nostalgia thing about him coming back from injury and all that. But a lot of his actions have been very heel. Yeah. So and they've pl- and maybe that's what they're trying to do is like you've Make got him that Reigns is tweener. the heel, Brian is the face, and Edge is sort of playing right in, there in between. between. But that doesn't really work. You have to have defined roles. Um, you know, it's one thing if you want to cheer the heel, but he's still the heel. You know, there is no doubt that he's the heel. Ric Flair was the heel. So, maybe think, you have Reigns pin Brian mm-hmm. to retain the title. Mm-hmm. Edge still didn't beat. He didn't get his one on one shot at WrestleMania. Right. And so that can carry you through to like SummerSlam and you finally get right. Edge Reigns in three months or something. But I, I think Edge is going to win here. You think I so? Think, I think that they, they gave him the win at the Royal Rumble. It, it obviously feels like for him to feel like he's fully all the way back from injury, he has to have the belt. I'm sorry. He has to have the championship belt. Don't want to get. I don't want Vince to show up and tell me I can't talk about this. The thing that makes me hesitant here is Edge is one of those stars. Whatever he's of the, uh, he's not quite to the level of like Shawn Michaels and mm-hmm. things. But I agree. he's one of those guys that doesn't need the belt. No, I agree with that. But so that it just feels that like makes that's me the way to go though. That makes me. I'm going to go Roman. I'm going to say that they. I hope they, you're right. That they keep on chugging down this road and they just make him a monster and eventually yes. here Joel comes and the I rock. have have already we we were if if you're listening Triple H we've got you taken care of. We have right? got you planned Reigns out for a year. wins here. He just dominates everybody all the way to SummerSlam where Brock comes back. And then you have the Brock and Heyman is turned against him and he so he's the face and Reigns dominates him and you get all the way to the Royal Rumble. And that's where Cena decides to make one last shot at the title, and Reigns dominates him, 
and then Reigns comes out. The promo is is going to be fantastic, where he's just like, "I've run through, I've Cena. run through everybody, I've, I've run, run through everybody, everybody they've put in front of me. I've dominated." I this I, I thought about this today. Tell me what you think. He makes the the comments. He's like, "My family's history is the WWE's history. We are the WWE." And if I'm the greatest champion in family history, then I'm the greatest champion in WWE history. And nobody can say different if you it's smell, real. and that's when it happens. <laughs> and that's WrestleMania 2022, is Reigns versus The Rock. I've just written you, I've just given you 12 months. I gave it to you. It's free. Take it. The only thing that makes me, I, there's no way you can keep the belt, well I guess you could, for like two years. But like in two years, it's in Hollywood. I think. I think WrestleMania is supposed to be in Hollywood. So I don't know if you could hold it off for two years, or if they would even want to do that. But yeah, next year it's in Texas. I think. I think it's supposed to be in Texas. And I don't think you get all the way to there. I don't think. Reigns holding the belt. You're talking about like that's Hulk Hogan. I know. And and that's as a heel. It would get tired. Yeah. Like at some point the face has to win. But you you could go next year. Still, we've got a year for you. We just gave it to you. It's free. So, all right, the other title match, uh, as far as world title goes, the WWE Championship, the almighty Bobby Lashley versus Drew McIntyre. Again, this sort of feels like a no-brainer to me. McIntyre won the title last year but didn't have the moment in front of the fans as the champion. That's what's going to happen here, I think. Yep, I'm with you on this one. I'm with you on this one. I think it could be a fantastic – I like a – as much as I like watching, you know the, the the guys who are great wrestlers. Sometimes watching two big bulls like this is fun. Oh yeah, Just watching them beat sure. the crap out of each other. That's why, to me, one of my favorite wrestlers. Kind of weird, probably to Sheamus. He's one of my favorite. Wrestlers oh, he's a bruiser because he just beats the dog out of yeah, people. I like it. Yeah, I mean he, he lines them up on the rope, <laughs> ten ten beats of the Bowery or whatever, yeah, and he yeah. just <coughs> just hammers them. I don't but, disagree. Uh, Watching Lashley, he's kind of he's had a really good he's been elevation good. here the he's last couple of week, couple months, and it feels like that's a long time. They they that's what they've wanted from Lashley since he started, and they finally it took him a long time, but they finally got him there, and the timing is just a little unfortunate for him. Um, and if he wins, I won't be totally disappointed in that. I think that they can make that work, but. I feel like it's it's going to be Drew McIntyre and to finally have that moment to celebrate with the fireworks in yeah. front of the fans. The thing is, on Raw, I'm just sitting there in my mind, racking my brain. There there aren't like if if Lashley wins. Yeah. Who do you bring in? Who's the face that's going to challenge him? Is, next? That, is that where maybe Lesnar comes back first? I mean, is that, see, that's the thing. Like, you would have to do. I mean, I've heard before in the dirt sheets that that they want. That like Lashley wants to so, face Lesnar. Let at me some tell you. Point. So let me let me add to our storyline. You ready? So that's what you do. Lesnar comes back. He wins the the WWE Championship, and so at SummerSlam, it's WWE Champion versus Universal Champion, and then Reigns wins that. Oh, now, you could you you could you now unify got, him. No, no, no. We don't unify him. He's carrying both belts the whole time. He's like, I am I am two champions. Yeah. I'm so great that I'm I am two champions, and so Cena comes back to try to you know get one. And he can't do it. And now he's like, I have held both belts for six months. I am the greatest champ. Again, I have just, I am just making it so easy for you. This is a, never mind million. This is a billion dollar idea I've just given you. <laughs> Alright. Uh, obviously the other match to watch is Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair. This feels like this is her moment to, to elevate. Banks has been fantastic as the world champion. Um, and I, I really like her. But this is obviously the time for Bianca Belair. If I am the University of Tennessee, that graphic has already been made. Yeah, I'm tweeting sure. that 
faux show. Uh, so she'll win for sure. Outside of that, I think the best match in terms of what I, I'm going to watch from a wrestling standpoint is pretty obvious. It's Cesaro versus Seth Rollins. Oh, no Those doubt. Those two should really... And this, they've it's a two-night card. Give them a solid 20 to 30 minutes to do what they do. Let them wrestle for a while and show off, and, and we can enjoy that. Don't you think? Yeah, and I hope Cesaro wins because I would really like to see them continue. I, I think he's got a lot Cesaro's of untapped potential here. They they were on the verge three or four years ago of just giving him the ball, yeah, oh, and they when, never gave him the ball. Well, WrestleMania 30 with yeah. Joel T in attendance. He won that Andre won the, the Giant. Andre the Giant. I think that was the first Andre the Giant Memorial Battle. Yes. So they were going to make a big deal because he like slammed Big Show, I yeah, think it took was. Him out, and, yeah. And uh, like and then they it just up, never went anywhere. Well, they they put him with Paul Heyman, even though he he was he should have been a face, but they put him with a heel manager, and it just didn't really go anywhere. So, but I think this has potential to be a, a really good match. I think some here's a couple of bad matches on night one as well. The New Day uh, versus AJ Styles and an Omos. They just come from out of nowhere. He can't wrestle. He's seven foot eight. Give <laughs> or take a few. But I mean, what does this guy? Can, what can he do in the ring? It always kills. And it'd me. be one thing if Big E was in there to go with them, two big guys. But the, Kofi and Xavier, what are they going to do? It always kills me how they make such a big deal in like December and January about how how are these guys going to? They're all looking for their you know WrestleMania spots. How are they going to work their way in? And then you get like a tag team that has never been a team. Yeah. And AJ said, "All how did they get their WrestleMania? They just walk in the ring and say, hey, we want to face you guys at WrestleMania.' Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And there they are. I mean it. Yeah." I just and then, I feel like you're wasting an AJ Styles match here. Like, speaking of wastes, I, I mean I don't know why Shane McMahon continues to wrestle. Dumbest storyline in WrestleMania history. Really perhaps. dumb, and it's based on being dumb. And what is just bothersome to me is this: Shane McMahon is a billionaire. He's got, he can do whatever he wants with his life. One of these days, he's going to take a hit the wrong way, and that's going to be that. And he's going to be a billionaire who's in a wheelchair or has been concussed to the point where he can't do anything anymore. This is dumb. This is, It's just dumb. I, I, I didn't like it when he... I didn't like that he was the guy against the... I, I, the whole time that the Undertaker thing was happening, I was like, he is going to go trial of combat and declare himself, give himself a champion. And he'll have somebody wrestle the Undertaker for him. And then, you know, he did the thing with Kevin Owens. And he does, it's just... It's just and this never ends. WWE's infatuation with thinking we want to see Shane McMahon it's incredible. wrestle is it's really his weird. little punches, his little short punches of his, and, and that's the thing. It's it, this goes back to, to Vince, and he we, he books for himself. He does what he wants to do, you know. And it also it just eliminates. I I you know wrestling is what it is, right? It's it's predetermined. And I don't like the word fake because you can you can get seriously injured, right? Many have. But I'm supposed to watch a fight, a fight between Shane McMahon and a guy who is six foot ten or six foot nine and almost four hundred pounds and is shredded. And I'm supposed to think, yeah, that guy has a chance. And it's one thing when it's like Braun Strowman versus not in the same federation, but Ray Phoenix, right? Yeah. Because Phoenix is quick and he can do stuff off the ropes, and you feel like he could, you know, do that. Shane doesn't do that. He just gets in there and punches with these guys. It's just dumb. I don't care who wins this match. I uh, don't really care about the I do, tag. because if they let Shane win this, I mean... Uh, they're going to. Just go ahead and prepare yourself for that. Don't really care about the tag team turmoil match for the women either. Um, 
the winner of that will face uh, the the champs on night two. Yes. Uh, the Raw Women's Championship, Asuka versus Rhea Ripley. Again, this is dumb to me. Yeah. Because Ripley hadn't hadn't fought in a year, and she just walked into the ring one night and said, I want to face you, and here she is. And, and, and Asuka, who is a fantastic wrestler and a great champion, has just been, I mean, nobody cares. They they have they have just totally ruined her. You know, this is she should have been the face of the women's division for years to come, and instead she she is she's basically like what the fifth. If Ronda Rousey ever came back, she'd go down a notch. But she's behind. She's behind Charlotte, behind Char- Becky. Whenever she's Becky, there, Bianca Belair, behind Sasha, Sasha, and Bailey when she's there. I mean, she, she's fifth or sixth at best. Yeah, and she could be first. And I like Rhea Ripley. Don't get me wrong. I feel bad. Rhea Ripley is a good wrestler, but yeah, you know. I, I don't. I don't dislike Rhea Ripley. It's just it makes no sense that you hadn't fought anybody in a year, and you're here. You are in a WrestleMania slot just because you walked in the ring and asked for it. I mean, yeah. they need to make the stories make sense. Like, how did she get that that's, spot? That's, that's, that they do. They've been doing that for years, though. Of just like we don't have enough matches, make one more. Okay, just go challenge them. I mean, that's just like, you think about somebody like who who was started at like Austin started at number 1 in the Royal Rumble had to last that whole way through to get his WrestleMania shot and then there's other people just like well, I want to yeah edge I just want to match at WrestleMania okay it's like why don't you just do that one angle I do like is the Apollo Crews angle I think that there's some there's something to work with that's there. been really and he's a good he's a good wrestler and they've given him a gimmick that works he and Biggie this should be a good match Two big guys, but Cruz can go, you know, and do some other things. Big E is, is good. I think Big E wins, but I think it's a good match. I wouldn't hate it here if Apollo wins this and, I wouldn't you, and you move it. Big E on up the card a little you bit. You could, somehow. you could, because he's going to be a guy who challenges there. Lashley. You talked about well, he's got to swap brands here to do so. But you the can draft's do that. coming, isn't it? Yeah, I think or, um, so. Yeah, so this is the match I feel pretty confident the crowd's going to turn on, and that's the Fiend versus Randy Orton. When they try to do the, the, the magic, black magic stuff, this is not 1987. Nobody thinks The Undertaker is a dead man anymore. It's just not going to work. And the, and Bliss is so weird right now. Like She's supposed to be like a 10-year-old, but then she's like straddling Randy Orton to, to pin him. I, I And I love, I love Bray Wyatt. Great wrestler. Great on the mic. And The Fiend is a great character. The, the idea of this... Like this manifestation of his of his of all his, yeah. his fear and hatred, I love it. And like Michael Myers a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that's a good. He is like a Michael Myers, Jason Voorhees kind of thing. You can't hurt him. But they've just it's just you it's know. dumb. Yeah. Now, do you think this will be a real match or will this be like a uh, a uh, cinematic like, cinematic kind of, kind of match? That, you know, final deletion. Now, kind of the way it has been built, I don't know how you don't do something cinematic. That said, it would stink to finally have fans back in attendance and then you give them a cinematic something that they have to sit there and watch on the Jumbotron. So that doesn't make sense either. I don't know what they're going to do here. Yeah. I I tend to think at this point they're going to have an actual get them in the ring, do something match. But the storyline to this point has relied so much on special effects and camera cuts and uh, pre-recorded stuff. I I don't know. It's going to be tough for them to pull that probably pull it off to that degree. I don't I don't know what they'll do. I still don't understand why they've made Matt Riddle stop being Matt. I, I, I'm not a big fan of when they do this, by the way. Well, they do it to everybody. They do it to everybody. It used to be Antonio Cesaro. Yeah. B- it used Buddy to be Murphy. Biggie Langston. Buddy it used Murphy. to be Buddy Murphy. There, there's another one of the, like, 
that really caught me. I was just like, why, why would it used to be Alexander Rusev? That's it. it might, no, no, and then they just Rusev. cut it to Rusev. I don't, I, but they do it all the time. Yeah, they and literally I, do it to. But I don't understand everyone. why with Matt Riddle, it's like one thing. Like Rusev sounds cool, right? Yeah. Cesaro sounds cool. Riddle. Name's Riddle. I mean, you know. And I mean, I know why they did it. It's to try because when you Google Matt Riddle, the first thing that comes up is there's some allegations out there against him. But and if you are, if you Google Riddle, you probably get like you know a funny joke. <laughs> So, uh, Riddle versus your guy, Sheamus. Again, with Sheamus, like, I don't know what... The, it looked like they were going to put him versus Drew. He turned... And it, I just don't know. They never did do... I mean... They never went they, anywhere they, with it. They did. They, they had some raw but, stuff, and it, and it just go, didn't... There was no real payoff to it. I mean, they had, a, they had the pay-per-view match, the last pay-per-view, but... Yeah. I don't feel like there was there was a real payoff, but... Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Who... who? I don't really care. I, I, I guess... I guess Sheamus wins. Feels like it's a title change. I'll go the other way. Okay. I'll say they keep trying to push old your you boy Riddle here. And then another, the night two, the best match of the night will be Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn, assuming they give them time to do their thing. We've we've seen that match before. It is fantastic. If you're a Ring of Honor fan, you've seen it many many times. I would love for Zayn to come out as El Generico. That would be the funniest thing ever. But that said, yeah. This will be this will be a good match. I don't really know who will win. I feel like I feel like it's time. Zane is Zane won when they had that that fantastic match. I forget what pay per view it was. So this is Owen's turn to get it now. Uh, I, I I go the route of because this whole storyline is Sami Zayn has been doing the documentary right. to you know document all the conspiracies against him. So right. I, I just think it fits better if he loses here and there's some. Conspiracy you can continue to pointing yeah, I to. I like that. Yeah. I like where you're going. So all right. That's our official WrestleMania preview. For real wrestling action, tune in Wednesdays to Dynamite. <laughs> where you can hear Chris Jericho abs just get Chris Jericho absolutely murder a bunch of guys, including Tully Blanchard on the mic. Yeah, and you missed was, you missed a good episode if you didn't watch this past fantastic. week. Fantastic. So we we uh, Brandon Walker, I you know, I appreciate what he's trying to do for wrestling and trying to be positive, but that's his gig. Mine is telling you right now that Dynamite's better. So that's just me. All right, guys. Hope you enjoyed that. Hope you enjoyed today's show. Hope you stuck with us through the end. If you didn't, we totally understand. Have a great weekend. Joel and I will be back with you uh, to recap the Auburn series, look ahead to another week of spring football, and then look ahead, of course, to Super Bulldog Weekend and the Ole Miss Rebels. For Joel T. Coleman, I'm Brian Adad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.